0: to take heart our goal is to give you hope and offer insight and encouragement so you can flourish in your journey as a special needs mom each week sarah amy and carrie will explore a theme share an inspiring story a practical tip an encouraging blessing using their combined experience of over 30 years of parenting special needs children thank you for joining us today welcome to the new year i'm so glad you're here I'm Amy Brown, and before we get started, we have some new resources we're excited to share with you. So stay tuned to the end of the episode so you can get the details. This month, we're talking about the phrase new normal. What comes to mind when you hear that phrase? Does it bring dread? Sadness? Excitement? We've had many new normals in 2020. Some new normals are welcome, like a baby or a job change, a puppy or a vacation. Some we didn't ask for, like the diagnosis, the death of a loved one, the loss of a relationship, and a global pandemic. Some are big and change the whole landscape of our lives. Some are small and we don't even notice them until they pile up. As humans, we're always living in a state of a new normal because life is constantly changing. But as special needs moms, it seems we have more changes than most. I'm going to tell you something. I do not like change. Unless it's a good change like a vacation. And even then, after a few days, I'm ready to go home and back to my routine. I often joke that it takes me about three years to warm up to anything. Okay, maybe only a year. But still. I like consistency. I have had many changes in my 28 years as a mom. There have been huge shifts, specific moments I can point to where my life changed dramatically. Some I have chosen, and some were thrust upon me. I want to tell you about a huge shift in my life that happened about 21 years ago. 21 years ago, my husband and I moved to Kenya to be medical missionaries. This was the mother of all new normals. In the space of a year, we sold our home, left our jobs, friends, family, gave away most of our belongings, learned that we needed to homeschool, so we had to research homeschooling, pick out the curricula, buy the curricula, and ship that. We raised support. And then finally, we packed up several large trunks and boarded a plane with our seven and five-year-old for our new normal. Oh, and did I mention? I was six months pregnant. After struggling with infertility and some failed in vitro attempts, I was finally pregnant with my long-awaited baby. And I was going to have that baby in Kenya. For a girl who hates change, I'm totally understating it when I say this was a bit stressful. All of these huge changes in my life, a new culture, a new lifestyle, a new baby, homeschooling. There were so many changes coming at me life-altering changes. Was I scared? Mm-hmm. Was I nervous? Yes. Did I wake up my husband in the middle of the night on several occasions and say to him, what in the heck were we thinking? Yes. Before you assume that I was a really holy missionary, let me tell you about one new normal I really obsessed about. And <laughs> I am embarrassed to admit this. I was obsessed and worried about the fact that I was not going to be able to have my daily Diet Coke. Yep, you heard that right. In the midst of being usually pregnant in a foreign country, which by the way, no pain medicine or epidural for that baby, a new homeschool mom, a new country in the middle of Africa, I was concerned about Diet Coke. Just a little uh, explanation about that. When we lived in Kenya, we had to make everything from scratch. Um, We did not have access to a grocery close by. And we bought vegetables and fruits and things um, from merchants um, at the back door and in little fruit stands. But we had to travel about four hours on bumpy roads to Nairobi every four to six weeks to stock up. So there was no running to the corner store to get what I needed. And on top of that, They didn't have Diet Coke in Kenya, or if they did, it was really hard to find. Why was I so worried about a little thing? Because it was something I thought I could control. In the midst of all these big changes, this little one was the straw that broke the camel's back. In my experience, when we have big changes, we armor up, we go into battle, we make the best of it. We're active. Some new normals are so big we know we don't have any control over them. We can't change them. The diagnosis, the news that changed our lives. We know they are big because they've taken over our entire lives. And we can acknowledge the shifting of the ground beneath our feet when they happen. But the little things, the little losses, we do not often acknowledge them because they are little. We feel they are not significant enough to name. So in the midst of all that change, all those big changes, I focused on the small ones, the one I thought I could control, because it felt so out of control. So just please hand me my Diet Coke. As special needs moms, we live in a constant space of adapting. Our lives and circumstances change all the time. You know what I mean. New medications, new doctors, treatments, changing diagnosis. And just when we think we have figured it out, we have to adapt again. The life we thought we would have, or even the day, or even, honestly, the next 30 minutes we expected changes constantly. Both of my co-hosts, Sarah and Carrie, had distinct moments when they knew their life would change forever, the day they got the diagnosis or the result of an ultrasound. They knew they were going to have a new normal. For our family, we did not have a big moment like that. And let me just say here that if you want to hear our diagnosis story, you can go listen to episodes one through four. Our family had a different experience. There was no diagnosis, and it was years of trying to figure out what was going on with our kids with mental health issues, fetal alcohol syndrome, and reactive attachment disorder. For those of you with kids with hidden disabilities, I know you understand this. There's misunderstandings and therapies and confusion, and for the most part, people thinking you just need to be a better parent. During this period, there were no huge moments for me to armor up and adjust to, but little small shifts in our lives that went unnoticed, and before I knew it, I was in the midst of a new normal and one that I did not like very much. Our new normal included alarms on our doors, hiding all the sharp objects, calls from teachers, dangerous behavior, and a frantic search for a little nine-year-old girl that ran away. So what does this all have to do with Diet Coke? Bear with me. My Diet Coke was a small shift in a big sea of changes. I think it is the small shifts, these barely noticeable new normals that take their toll on our hearts and souls. In the scope of all the big changes, the new diagnosis, the new town, the new doctor, they often go unnoticed and keep piling up and making us feel sad and tired. But I think these small changes matter. And why do they matter? Because in the space of what used to be and what is now, there is grief. And we need to name our griefs, especially the little small griefs. The reason we need to name our griefs is because when they're acknowledged, we can deal with them in healthy ways. So how do we do this? Well, I'm going to give you three steps. The first step is name what you are grieving. All of it. Not just the big things, but the little things. Make a list. Ask yourself, what has changed? Or what do I miss? I'll tell you here that whenever I sit down to do this and I write out what, I, what do I miss, I start crying every single time because I realized there were small things I miss that in the midst of all the hard and big things I've not acknowledged. So maybe you miss moments with your other kids, time with your husband, the yoga class you can no longer go to, coffee with a friend. Maybe you just miss not always having to be on. What are the things that you miss? Name them. And I promise you. Nothing is too small or insignificant. Make that list. Number two, once you've made the list, sit down with it and tell God about it in prayer. Number two is give it to God. I promise you he can handle whatever you wrote down. It's okay to be with who you are with God because he loves you. Now, I cannot find one place in the Bible that talked about how God felt about Diet Coke but I do know this. He cares about you and not just your child or your family or your church attendance. He cares about you. All the little things you care about, he does too. But don't take my word for it. I'd like to share some verses. Psalm thirty-three eighteen tells us that the Lord watches over those who fear him and who rely on his unfailing love. God is watching over you. And I'll paraphrase Psalm 23 here to tell you this. He leads you to rest. He renews you. He guides you. He walks with you, even in the darkest moments. God is with you in every moment. And that's what Psalm 23 tells us. And Psalm 139 tells us this, that God has examined my heart and he knows everything about me. You know, when I sit down or stand up, you know my thoughts, even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. So here's the deal. It's okay to say it to God. He already knows what you're going to say. Name your griefs. Name the list and put it in his ever-loving hands. And then three, after we've acknowledged what we, gr- what we are grieving, after we have given it to God, then I want you to live in the moment of your new normal. Say to yourself, this day is enough. Don't look over your shoulder at the past and what was, and don't scan the horizon for what may come next. Just stand where you are in today's new normal and breathe. I'd like to end with a prayer. It's called the death of a dream. I'm only going to read a portion of the prayer, but you can read the entire prayer in the book, Every Moment Holy, and we will link that in the show notes. O Christ, in whom the final fulfillment of all hope is held secure, I bring to you now the weathered fragments of my former dreams, the broken pieces of my expectations, the rent patches of hope worn thin, the shards of some scattered image of life I once thought it would be. You are the sovereign of my sorrow. You apprehend a wider sweep with wiser eyes than mind. My history bears the fingerprints of grace. You were always faithful, though I could not always track quick evidence of your presence in my pain. Yet did you remain at work, lurking in the wings, sifting all my splintering for bright embers that might be breathed into more eternal dreams. Let me remain tender now to how you would teach me my disappointments reveal so much about my own agenda for my life and the ways I quietly demand that it should play out, free of conflict, free of pain, free of want. My dreams are so small. Teach me to hope, O Lord, always and only in you. We are giving away $50 in Amazon gift cards, five books, and two coffee mugs. If you'd like to enter our giveaway, go to the links in the show notes to get the details. You can also find out the details on our Instagram page at Take heart Special Moms or on our Facebook page. Thanks for joining us this week on Take Heart. Our prayer each week is for your heart to be encouraged. We are grateful that you are walking on this journey with us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so you'll never miss a show. You can follow us on Instagram at Take Heart Special Moms or on Facebook at Take Heart Special Moms. We also have a website, which is takeheartspecialmoms.com. If you have any questions or comments, follow the links in our show notes, and we would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.